as we consider God's word to us, let's pause for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the living word. Through the power of your spirit, help the word to come alive in us today. Help us to listen and respond to your leading in our lives. For we pray with expectancy. In the name of Jesus, the living word. Amen. There's a new rallying cry for Atlantic Canadians. There's a new saying that begin unity amidst all of our diversity. There's a new storyline that weaves together all that's happened in recent months. Our common longing for the future. What are the three words that say so much with simplicity and clarity? Winter, I surrender. Winter, I surrender. <laughs> Put it all together as a hashtag, Winter, I surrender, and people are posting their pictures and their stories. Over coffee, have you shared about the sizes of your snowbanks? Your struggles with the snowblower? Stiffness from shoveling? Oh. And other scary snow stories. Three simple words say so much. Winter, I surrender. I surrender. Besides being the seemingly endless season of winter, Christians mark this season as Lent. The season where we go deeper in our discipleship and ask ourselves questions around how close are we to Christ. It leads us to sit with the story of Jesus and ponder if his story really shapes our story. To say sorry for where the alignment of our lives has gotten out of kilter because of the potholes of life that have jarred us. And our alignment is off. There are many ways that we can enter into Lent to Holy Week. But this week allows us to slow down. Even in the midst of the seasonal sprint in the academic world where papers and deadlines and things are there. This is a week to slow down and savor the story. To ponder the pictures of Christ's last days and hours Scene by scene, moment by moment, and meditate on its meaning for us. Not my will. Three simple words that say so much. Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I surrender. Richard Foster wrote this about the wrestling in the garden. There's a chapter called The Prayer of Relinquishment in his book on prayer. He says, only through the specifics of daily life can you be led into the prayer of relinquishment. The will is surrendered moment by moment as you face the ordinary decisions of home and family and job. How can we do this? Foster continues, Using any of the synoptic gospels, go with Jesus into the garden. Stay awake and watch. See his sorrowing soul. 
Let your heart be saddened too. Struggle with him in seeking other options, hoping to avoid the cup. Now his, speak his words as your own. Not my will, but yours be done. Invite the resurrected one to interpret those words into your life, your family, your vocation. Today we're talking about the school of surrender. Probably didn't know that was ADC's byline, come and die with us. It's not a real great catch word, but uh, a promo line. We're here as a school of surrender. Whatever other courses you're taking, things you're doing, we call you to surrender. And in the school of surrender, there are two classes we're going to talk about today. We pray for relinquishment. Where we let go of the things that are all about us and our way and our will, and we give them over to God. And as you think about that today, you were given a white piece of paper as you came in. See that as your white flag of surrender. What is it that you are struggling to give over to Christ? What is it that you want to say, Jesus, I surrender? You want to put it in the basket and say, Lord, I don't know what is best. I'm not sure of your will. I can't carry this burden. I can't do it alone. I surrender. Jesus, I surrender. What do you want to put in the basket today? Think about that as we explore what this means. In a sense, that's the first class, the prayer of relinquishment. But there's a related class that reinforces the importance of the other and shows us that we're not alone. There's a very interesting progression in the account in Luke's gospel. As Jesus wrestles in the garden... <coughs> The other Gospels tell us about the back and forth of that wrestling and repeating of that prayer, not my will, but yours be done. Luke alone highlights this, that in the middle of that agonizing prayer, angels come to strengthen Jesus. Now there's scholarly debate about was that in the most original manuscripts and but notice that this pattern is a part of every prayer of lament and struggle, of relinquishment. Lord, I give this to you, but this is so hard. I can't do it alone. I actually need your strength to surrender more deeply. I checked the yellow pages. There wasn't a 1-800 angel that I could phone <laughs> and ask for an angel to appear in the class, in the chapel. But we do have symbols of empowerment. We have communion that we'll have an opportunity to share. We'll have an anointing station where the anointing oil is a symbol in scripture in passages like Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to bring good news. Just as we began the Lenten journey with that sense of humility with the ashes, we have this symbol of anointing that we cannot do this in our own strength. So if you want to participate later, you can. But notice the movement in the passage. Jesus struggles with the prayer of relinquishment. He receives empowerment, and that enables him to continue to pray, continue to give it to God. 
I want to suggest this is a pattern for life and discipleship and ministry. We think we've surrendered things and it's like layers on an onion. We peel off another layer and God calls us deeper to relinquish and there are a few tears along the way with the onion. And we go deeper and deeper to relinquish more and more and Christ says, I am with you. I have charted the path. Walk with me. Surrender with me. And so there's back and forth movement around praying for relinquishment and receiving empowerment. And this happens in many people's lives. Foster writes, I'm the executive director of a small fellowship of writers called the Milton Center. I founded this center five years ago and I continue to have very high hopes for its future. I'm having to relinquish it when he wrote this book, he said. For years, Carol and I dreamed of building a toxin-free home in hopes of gaining an upper hand over her rather severe allergies. Carolyn spent an entire year designing and overseeing the building of the house. We moved in only recently. We are having to relinquish it. And so much more. Here's someone who's written books on prayer, spirituality, spiritual disciplines, and he admits these decisions do not come easily. We pray, we struggle, we weep, we go back and forth, weighing option after option. We pray again, struggle again, weep again. Believe me, we have tangled with God plenty over this decision. At the time of this writing, we do not know what all this will mean. But our relinquishment is a full and wholehearted agreement with God that His way, is altogether right and good. This is the vocational calling, wrestling, what is the Lord doing? What is my will? What is God's will? Jesus, I surrender. This morning I was involved with a few others in a thesis defense with Milan Chao from Hong Kong by Zoom, and we were talking to her about the ministry of equipping pastors and chaplains in Hong Kong. And I asked her permission at the end of the defense to use this line that jumped out at me. Here's what she wrote at one point about this formation of not only our skills in caring, but ourselves as people who care, our character. She wrote this, It is when people get in over their heads beyond their confidence and competence, that people are truly open and ready for learning. So for the students among you, are you feeling in over your head? <laughs> beyond your confidence and competence? Milan invites us and says, that's when we're ready and open for learning. That is when God gets a hold of us. When we go with the prayer of relinquishment and in the midst of wrestling with God, we receive empowerment. Soren Kierkegaard once wrote, God creates everything out of nothing. And everything which God is to use, he first reduces to nothing. You know what? The relinquishment part is a little rough. Nobody wants to be made nothing so that God can create something. 
On Saturday, I had a Saturday of sermons. I was doing the preaching and worship class in New Brunswick, and a whole day of sermons, and I was deeply blessed and touched by the range of the 16 students who shared their messages. And I finished the day excited about how God had worked through the Friday and the Saturday, and I was excited. But I was also exhausted from all that's happened recently, and I wept on Saturday night because of some things that I've been seeking to relinquish. We have our house on the market, and it hasn't sold for a number of months. And the last time I was in New Brunswick teaching, we ran out of oil that we didn't know. The pipes froze, and there was extensive damage throughout the house. And we're still in discussions with lawyers, etc., to try to figure this out. And I'm thinking, Lord, what does it mean to relinquish that and say, what is your will? Not mine. Jesus, I surrender. Our family has faced health challenges, other twists and turns on the journey. And again and again, I find myself saying, Lord, I don't get it. Not my will. Jesus, I surrender. And I want to suggest that this is a pattern for ministry in life. That you will come and you won't know what to say in the midst of a grieving family. A crisis that you don't know how to navigate. A message where you have no idea what you're going to say next and how to craft a word from the Lord for that Sunday. And in the midst of that, you can cry out to the Lord and say, not my will, but yours be done. I don't get it, Lord. Help me to understand. I relinquish this to you. And the good news is that when we do that, we receive empowerment. The Spirit breaks in and gives us new strength, new courage. As I drove back from the weekend of teaching in New Brunswick, I was listening to a CD compilation of best worship songs. And this song that we'll listen to in a few moments by Paul Oakley and sung by another group came across the speakers of the rental car. Later that day, I looked up the circumstances surrounding the songwriter. In an interview, Paul described how he was about to lead worship on the Sunday. But his family, as young kids, they had had a chaotic week. He couldn't concentrate. It was Saturday night. He wasn't sure what he was going to do in worship the next day. He started strumming his guitar. Had no idea where to go with the worship the next day. He'd like to be ready earlier, but there it was. And as he relinquished, the Lord gave him this song. As he prayerfully struggled and strummed his guitar, these words came to him. It's all about you, Jesus. And all this is for you. For your glory and your fame. It's not about me. As if you should do things my way. You alone are God. And I surrender to your ways. The song goes on. But that line is repeated. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And the call to us is because God alone is God. We are called to surrender to God's ways. So I want to suggest that we can start a new rallying cry for Atlantic Canadians. The church can lead the way. Let's try a new saying that can bring unity in our diversity in this Lenten season. Let's accept a new storyline that weaves us together pictures we post, the stories we share, 
and our common longing for the future. You already know the three words. It comes in two versions. Not my will. Not my will. Three simple and yet profound words. Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I surrender. I could talk more about that journey, but it's important that we make space for God in the worship. In a sense, what we want to do with the help of the worship preaching class, we've crafted some songs and brainstormed together about how you can now have a time to respond to this truth for yourself. And as you do so in the time that we will have remaining, I want to share a prayer by Richard Foster. A prayer of relinquishment. Let me lead us in prayer, and then I'll introduce how the rest of the service will go. May this be our prayer, or maybe this prayer resonates with you right now. Let us pray. Oh Lord, how do I let go? when I'm so unsure of things. I'm not sure of your will and I'm unsure of myself. That really isn't the problem at all, is it? The truth of the matter is I hate the very idea of letting go. I really want to be in control. No, I need to be in control. That's it, isn't it? I'm afraid to give up control, afraid of what might happen, Heal my fear, Lord. How good of you to reveal my blind spots even in the midst of my stumbling attempts to pray. Thank you. But now what do I do? How do I give up control? Jesus, please teach me your way of relinquishment. Lord, take our prayers spoken and unspoken as we lift them up to you. Well, we pray this in the strong and gentle name of Jesus, to whom we surrender today.